Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. But what, what made me laugh, actually, while I was there, <clears throat> so, so I, I, was, I was seated in the, I say VIP section of the, the O2, it's where, you know, any, anybody who got a VIP pass would be sat. So I was sitting yeah. there enjoying the show and I was just sort of look at, just looking around, looking over my shoulder to see who's there and two rows behind me was uh, was nigel glockler from oh. uh, from saxon yeah yeah and, and, all right nigel i feel you're right and i, I just <laughs> thought i just i thought to myself wow i've got i've got better seats than nigel from saxon <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drum for the Song podcast. My name is Dane Campbell. I am your host. And today's guest is the fantastic fellow, friend, colleague. Um, I've known him a long time, uh, Mr. Phil Woods. He is my A&R for Remo Drumheads. He also works at EMD Dristor. Distribution. Sorry, I couldn't get my words That's out. That's right. It's, it's a difficult word to say. Dan. It is. You know, <laughs> it's quite hard to say. It's not. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But um, yeah, we like we we go back quite a while. Um, a long time, I would say. Oh my god, I, I reckon it's probably. What what year is it? Twenty twenty three. Right. I, I'd say it's got to be coming on a good fifteen years. Probably, possibly even more than that. Yeah, I, but I was going to work that out. I think, you know, disclaimer, I used to use stag symbols. So they were very you, good. You did indeed. Absolutely. And I, I believe that's how we uh, got introduced to each other. Absolutely. And yeah, that's right. I, I believe it might have been around the 2010, 2011, I started using them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would 12, sound about right. Yeah. 12, 13 years. Um but that certainly tracks. I mean, you know, I've got to say, you know, you probably, you, you, I think you were one of the first, one of the mm -hmm. first uh, artists that e expressed an interest in becoming an endorser. We'll get onto that a bit later on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, well, that's that's something I didn't know. So that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd say you're probably in the first three or four, I reckon. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good. But yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was great stuff. Um, Thank you. you. Know, people move on you find other things you like and oh you know. of course yeah absolutely. But, um, it's, it's quite quite a natural thing to do you know yeah that's that's yeah. what people do they just you know they progress and and you know want to try the stuff which is absolutely cool you know? yeah it's, it's part of being human i guess and part of yeah. being part of being a musician as well just trying exactly. new, trying new things i know and it never ends which is, <laughs> which for, ends. which fortunately probably keeps you in a job because it, people always yeah. want to try new stuff it's it's very very true. I mean, it's um it's quite a, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's really never a dull moment with my job, especially especially when it comes to things like artist relations, because um uh, and with Remo particularly, um because it's I mean it's such a household name, you know. I mean it's synonymous for well since what nineteen sixty I think um, they emerged, and probably even before that. But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I I get inquiries practically every day, you know, from uh, young drummers or you know, or, or even older drummers who have been 
you know, using other heads and 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 they think, oh, you know, I tried tried a set of Remos the other day, and then they're amazing. You know, can we blah blah blah? And I'll go, yeah, absolutely, no problem. So, so yes, um, yeah, like I said, it's such a household brand, and it's uh, it's it, and it's still still a very really interesting uh, brand to uh, represent uh, in an artist relations capacity. You know, I. It, it keeps me in step with everything that's going on, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I can't fault it at all. It's, uh, yeah. it's, and, and, they're, and they're a great company, great company, great guys to work with, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I've always said this about drumheads before that. It's a, one of the only kind of products that I can think of where there literally is only about this, the three kind of, I would say, more mainstream brands yes and, and there's literally one or two or maybe three you know other brands that people might be familiar with or maybe maybe well, they've tried but not you've got there, there aren't that many you've got you've got remo obviously you've got evans you got uh is aquarian still around yeah yeah uh, I, I think so. and, and code code, code. Is, is who uh i mean i mean they've been around for what from about five or six years maybe but they're they're doing really well you know I'd, yeah. um Especially yeah. here, here in the UK, especially you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, a lot of activity with uh, <clears throat> with with drummers using code heads, which is you know absolutely you know it's great, good on them. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, it, again, it doesn't again it doesn't help your job. But, no, it doesn't um, help. It doesn't. No, it, no. I suppose it doesn't really. But it's. Uh, but again, you know, you, uh, if uh, drummers are, are, are individual fickle beasts aren't they so they they they, they, they try things and 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 they stick with what they like and and yeah. thankfully thankfully um most of the uh most of the players who use remo uh you know whether whether they be um you know amateur or, or you know professional uh, alike that that they stick with it because they're, they're very loyal that's what i'm getting at is that uh, our our user base um is uh is a very loyal lot yeah uh so um I, so that's 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 a great thing i would agree and i think i like i would say the majority maybe not all drummers have mm -hmm. a little bit of you know ocd perhaps <laughs> yeah, yes and and <laughs> i know that there's some people are maybe not that way inclined but especially me mm -hmm. like i like everything to be matching <laughs> of course oh absolutely yes of course so yes. so people and you know when people have drum kits there's a lot of drum heads on a drum kit yeah you think of the you know the batter than rezo heads yeah yeah exactly um, i i don't like mi mixing and matching um i know i wouldn't want to ever do that so i think even though yeah there's probably a few uh models of other brands where oh that sounded pretty good i've had to use it at a festival at a rental kit you know yeah, i don't really yeah, get that option no. but, but generally i'm like well i, I kind of love my snare head that i use and the toms yeah and i would never want to just use a different brand no 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 it's just it. because it visually wouldn't it just do my head in yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it would look very strange wouldn't it yeah but well not, but you're right no so one you, would care. No one else no, would care. But I no, would. No, no, but I, I, I feel it. You know, I, I'm with you. I think unif uniformity across the board is, you know, it's very important. You know? Yeah, yeah. Got to look, got to look good as well as sound good. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a, a question for you: Are you a yes, drummer sir. yourself? I know you play guitar. I do play you? guitar. 
I am not a drummer. I have to. I have to. I hold my hands up. I admit, I'm not a drummer, um, which, <laughs> which may surprise quite a lot of people, um, uh, especially you know, g- given uh, uh, given my my job. You know, that that's that's basically what I do. You know, I I, I sell drum heads. I advise on on drum heads uh, and that kind of thing. But it's it's something that I've learned over the years. You know, um, because because I've been I've been in the industry for so long. Um, that I've it's just by osmosis that I've kind of you know I've I've absorbed all the information that and 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 uh, that, that I need to to get so I can just about get away with talking to a drummer about their <laughs> kit. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you know? you're re- you're really good at it. You've you've been so <laughs> oh, you've been so helpful for to me. Uh, like you, like oh, I I guess I'm that. I'm one of the. I guess I'm one of your customers, artists. Yes, indeed. Yes, it kind of d- does know. I do know what I want, yeah. and I know what everything is meant to do. But for example, I remember I did. I ordered a load of stuff to record the last album with, mm-hmm. you know, probably a year ago, over a year ago. Yeah. So certain things weren't in stock. But you knew exactly what the alternatives would be. Yes, or the clo- you know the closest sounding, feeling yeah. heads, and I guess. You know, and I guess you don't need to be a drummer to learn those things. So not necessarily, no. But I think it certainly helps to have, um, uh, you know, some kind of fundamental knowledge of of of, of music and live music and recorded music. You know, which, yes, which is what my 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 background kind of is. You know, I've been, I've, you know, like I said, you know, I've been exposed for so long, um, despite me just playing one instrument throughout my entire life. You know, I can, you know, I know, I know what goes. Yeah. And, uh, and and uh, and and how to advise. Um, so, but yes, but thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It, it really means something. Actually. Oh no, no. Uh, because yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm basically just blagging my way through my career. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just just winging it. You know, and then so seeing where it lands. I think we're all we're all winging it to some well, degree. <laughs> we are. I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I certainly am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's talk a little bit about your background then, because you, you just mentioned studio work. And yes. obviously, you know, how long have you worked in the, you know, the distribution industry as well? So yeah, just, yeah, sure. go, how, how did you first get into music? And uh, what, as, a, what, as a career or in general? Um, in general? Uh, in, in general. general. Okay, well, okay. So I, I, I was probably about 12 years old when I started really kind of, getting into music and really, you know, turning onto it. And, uh, and my, my older brother was quite an inspiration to me or quite influential because um, <clears throat> he had a, he had a, an incredible record collection. Uh, and I just kind of naturally sort of latched onto him, being the younger brother, being, you know, being the way I was um, susceptible to, uh, to persuasion and that kind of thing. Uh, but he, he was, uh, he was a big sort of rock and heavy metal fan. So sort of in the, in the early eighties. So, um, and, and I really, really latched on to status quo when I was 11 or 12. Amazing. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I, I need to, I want to, I want to learn, I want to learn how to play guitar. I wanted to be Francis Rossi. That's who I wanted to be when I was 12 years old. And, um, so, uh, so it was quo. And then obviously, you know, I'd be branching out and, and checking other things out as well. So I was getting very, very much into kind of like you know the the new wave of british heavy metal at the time in the early 80s so i was very into iron maiden and saxon and 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 those kind of bands um and as i got a bit older 
actually, I have to say this. Uh, it was there was one particular album which uh, which I co- which I had taken a, a, a cassette copy from my my brother's vinyl collection, and it was and it was a compilation album which came out in 1982, and it was called Heavy. It was just called Heavy, and it had, like I said, Iron Maiden, uh, Motorhead, uh, Leonard Skinner, oh, you know, lots of other like Hawkwind, you know, that those sorts of bands. Just yeah, quite, yeah. quite an eclectic compilation. And there was one song on there which which stood out quite a lot because it, because it wasn't quite in the same vein as everything else. And it was a, it was, it was a song by a band called Rush, uh, and it was quite you know keyboardy. Uh, but I, I thought, oh, I quite like that. Who's this band? Oh, Rush. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fast forward a few years later, again I came across another taped compilation. And there was uh, there was a Rush song on there called uh, "The Spirit of Radio." When I first heard it, I, 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 that was my awakening. That was my musical awakening. I was like, "Oh my god, who? Oh, it's Rush. I've heard of them. Okay, I'm going to have to go out and buy all their albums now." And I and I I went in hard. Like I got, I was so obsessed, and uh, and I think. I honestly think that my my actual musical appreciation and and also my uh my desire to actually be part of you know some kind of like musical movement to get into a band and that kind of thing really stemmed from <clears throat> from getting into rush and, and and really appreciating how how amazing you know the, the, the musicianship was especially you know obviously neil neil peart was you know he's just the master he was the master and I, and I, but I knew that as an early age, I thought this, this guy, he's, he, he, he's, he's so, you know, worlds apart from any other drummer I've ever heard. And so yeah. I think that's where, where I really gained my kind of musical appreciation from is was listening to them. And of course, from, from getting into Rush, then that kind of like, you know, I spread out and, <clears throat> and, and explored other prog rock, uh, bands, you know, so um so marillion i was very into uh yes i got into quite uh, quite largely and <laughs> um and 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 later on um sort of late in towards the late 80s i i, I came across uh, there's another band that i came across uh by accident and it was only because i read a review in kerrang magazine and it was a it was a it was a, a gig that they had done at the marquee uh, in London, so this would have been like 1989, I guess. So I would have been, would have been about sort of 17, 18 at this point. And uh, and and I looked, and I was reading the review, and it was it was a 5k review, and I looked at them, and there was three guys, and they looked really cool. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out just on on the way they look, and from this review, I'm just going to go out and check out their their album. And it was a band called Kings X. Oh yeah, have you heard of those guys? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they did exactly the same to me as Rush did to me a few years earlier. I, it, it, they just it, they, they were like an epiphany, and I and again I just went in so hard and got so obsessed with them, and I still am to this day. You know, <laughs> I think I think they're so 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 really that I mean that that, that that's the, the the genesis of my kind of uh, of my musical awakening and appreciation. But I didn't actually get uh, get into uh, uh, into music as a career until until sort of nineteen ninety three, uh, and again this was such a fluke. 
the way this this happened. Um, so it was like ninety. So this would be ninety ninety one. No, sorry, nineteen ninety two. Um, I was uh, I was out of work at the time because uh, we were going through a recession in the early nineties, and I didn't have a job. Um, so and I thought to myself, well, what do I actually really want to do? You know, as a career, and I thought, oh, I wonder how we how, how to get some studio work. I'd like to learn, you know, how to engineer and that kind of thing and i hadn't got a clue you know i didn't really know much about sound recording at all uh but um but, but because it was the early 90s you know there was no, no such thing as internet or email or anything like that no. i um I, I managed to find uh address details of some relatively local studios to where i was living at the time uh one of them being a, a studio called ridge farm in in surrey um now, anybody who kind of knows anything about sort of music will know that Ridge Farm was probably the what was the foremost residential recording studio during the seventies and eighties. Um, and I I knew this myself as well. You know, I thought, well, can't, you, know, you know, Ridge Farm, I've heard of them. So, so I literally, I, I, I probably wrote about half a dozen letters, uh, a, sort of a, applying for jobs or asking, oh, have you got any jobs going? You know, that kind of thing. The sort of yeah. thing you used to do, you know, when you used to go into a music shop or a guitar shop or a drum shop, go, you know, looking for Saturday work. It was like that kind of vibe. So um, uh, so I wrote a letter off to, to about, like I say, about six different studios. And Ridge Farm were the only one who uh, were the only one ones who replied to me. It was a few wow. months after I'd, I'd sent the letter out. But I got this random phone call uh, at the end of 92. So I think it was like November 92. And it was the uh, it was the manager of the studio, uh, a lovely lady called Anne Needham, and uh, she said <laughs> she said we got your letter. I went, oh, oh yeah. thank you very much. Would you like to come in for an interview? We've, we've actually got an opening for a, we we uh, we require um, uh, a trainee uh, sound engineer or a, or as they called it a tape operator at oh. the time. And I thought, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'm there. So I went for the interview again. Dane, I just, I just winged it, you know, because I, I, I was, I, I don't know how to be anybody but myself when I'm being, when I'm in an interview situation, you know, I, I'll talk to you the same as I talk to pr pretty much anybody that I meet, and um, and they took a shine to me that obviously because they, they, they offered me the job the, the week after, and I, I just couldn't believe my luck. I really, I just <laughs> thought, oh my god, you know, the stars have aligned here, and and so I started working. Um, for them uh, in uh, January 1993, 3rd of January 93. These dates you don't tend to forget. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and because it's a residential studio as well, that I could live there. I got my own room and I got fed and, I got, paid, and I got paid. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And in, in the middle of the Surrey Hills, which, you know, is a beautiful part of, of, of the country. I mean, obviously it's, you know, no comparison to you know, to, to to Wales, but you know, for for the south of England, southeast of England, you know, it was it's really quite a quite a beautiful part. So, yeah, it's an old converted Elizabethan barn uh, and house, and it was, you know, I just thought all my Christmases had come at once. So I started working there, started training as an engineer. I was there for about two and a half years, and I, and I worked with some amazing bands, some wonderful people, producers, engineers. 
and and all the staff at the studio as well were just just great great people yeah so um yeah so my my uh, my first foray into the into the uh into a music career was was there which uh, you know it's unheard of really for anybody i think to to go from doing nothing in music to get to working in one of the the the, the major studios in the UK and, and and getting to work with all these all these artists you know was just phenomenal. That is amazing. Well, mm. well you're okay to mention any of the artists you work yeah, with or any of the any albums yeah, specifically? Yeah. Uh, specifically albums. Okay, so my the, the first band I ever worked with was a band called The Almighty. Ah, uh, and uh, and I worked with them on two of their albums. So it was uh, the the first one was Power Tripping, which came out in '93. And and the one after that was Crank, which came out I think it was ninety four or ninety five. So I got to work with them twice. Ned Saad, oh, lovely guys, really sweet, sweet guys. I mean, I was um, I was a bit wary at first because obviously before uh, I started working there, I knew who they were, and I thought that they were these like burly, tough Glaswegians, you know. Obviously, you know, Ricky Warwick is actually from like Northern Ireland, but. Uh, but, he said, uh, he looks but a bit I, scary, doesn't he? Yeah, that, well, they did back then, you know, <laughs> hair and tattoos and like, and uh, and I thought, oh my god, you know, well, they're going to they're going to try and initiate me in some way, you know, they'll probably you know give me wedges or what. I thought I was really scared of them to begin with, um, but they were the sweetest people and so funny. I mean, so, I mean, I, I can't remember a time when we weren't laughing. Wow. Uh, so they were great. I love them to bits. Uh, so I work with them. I work with. Um, I'll try and keep it. Paradise Lost as well. Oh, cool! Remember them? Yeah, on one yeah, of their yeah. albums. That was on their Draconian Times album. Uh, again, that was like '94, I think that was. Brilliant, just astounding. Uh, yeah, such a great, great band, and again, great guys. Uh, I got to work with Gun as well. If you remember them, yeah, of course, they, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think all these yeah. bands are still going. Well, they are still yeah they are still going yeah absolutely and they're still going very strongly as well yeah just trying to think who else i i, I kind of work with of note i i i almost got to work with black sabbath oh. um or a or a um <laughs> or, or um what am i trying to say here um yes i was actually at the studio i wasn't working at the time i was on i, I had a, i had a bit of time off but i because because i was practically living there anyway i just stayed there but black sabbath came in for a session uh and um and i just i just found i got on really well with with, with tony iomi he was he was a really really lovely guy uh oh brian may's band as well so um so back in the 90s when brian may went solo uh he had his his own backing band and, yeah. and they cut they came in to do a session for a uh for a uh, an independent artist and um, but you know but again you know i was working with people like you know like neil murray bass yeah. player um cozy powell he was he was drumming for them at the time wow <laughs> uh, yeah yeah cozy i mean what 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 a beautiful soul that man was he was such a lovely guy uh so cool that you got to meet him yeah yeah, yeah. so so i worked with some pretty pretty you know top artists Gods of rock, yeah. Gods of rock, yeah. <laughs> Pretty exactly. much, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> actually, I, I, actually, you just reminded me of something. There was uh, somebody else that I almost, again, almost got to work with. Didn't quite, uh, didn't quite pan out. Um, and this came, this, this came off the back of of the session that uh, that I was doing with um, uh, with Paradise Lost. Uh, 
um one evening um there i think it was their um a and r guy from from the states came over and he and he came over with like two very large bottles of jack daniels like two two liter bottles of jack daniels which we we finished the session for the for the day and we 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 plied ourselves a drink and I, and I i got so incredibly drunk i mean probably the, the drunkest i've ever been uh but i knew that i had to get up relatively early the next day because there was a client coming in to to, to look around the studio so right okay I, I should be fine you know i'll get to bed and I'll, I'll probably be a bit bit hungover by the time i woke up anyway by the time i woke up the next day i was still absolutely steaming <laughs> I couldn't tell whether I was still drunk or, or, or really hungover. But anyway, I managed to drag myself out of bed and clean myself up and make myself look presentable. And I went into the studio to wait for this prospective new client. And I was, I was hanging and I was so hanging. I had to kind of like lean up against the wall just to prop myself up. And, um, and the client came in, you know, he said, he was talking to me, chatting to me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, it's a, it's a new VR60 desk. And just going through all the technical stuff and, and just leaning, I was just looking at him. And this guy was a little bit shorter than me, and I was just looking down at him. And through my blurry eyes, I thought, I know who you are. Who are you? I know you. It was Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it didn't do it didn't it didn't twig until about halfway through the conversation i was having with him as to who oh i was talking god. to because i was just so out of it i thought oh my god how embarrassing anyway sorry that's a, that's no, a, that's a bit of a sidestep but that, but that kind of gives you the sort of uh gives you an idea of the sort of thing that i used to get up to thankfully you know i i i was very conscientious about my job and i very very rarely drank while I was there, even though that was the, you know, that was the thing to do, you know, especially at long sessions during the night, that kind of thing, beers come out. Uh, but no, I was, I was very, I tried to be as professional as, as I possibly could. And so I, I, in fact, I think I was probably teetotal at the time. So I was drinking a lot of coffee, you know, oh, right, okay. but really just to kind of keep myself awake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Was, night sessions, you have to, you have to take something. You do, you do indeed. And I mean, to be honest with you, Dane, you know, I think that was part and parcel of me for kind of giving it up um, after two and a half years, because I got, I got to a point where, I, I mean, I really enjoyed doing the work, but the, the hours were, were brutal. And, and I, you know, not seeing daylight for days on end was, was mm. kind of, was, was getting to me. Yes. So I decided to, you know, have my notice in and, uh, and just go for a, try and get a normal job <laughs> what i call a normal job and so i ended up um going to work in uh, a local guitar store where i lived um and and it's a shop that i've been going to for years you know i've not been a customer and, and fortuitously they had a vacancy and then they actually asked me if i you know if i wanted you know wanted to come and work for them which i did mm. so so that was me set for the next sort of three years or so i guess i was working there uh, and then um, a colleague of mine who I was working with at the shop, he had moved on and he had gone to work for uh, a distributor in London called Arbiters, um, who were at the time um, the distributor for, for Fender guitars, uh, as well as many other brands. Um, uh, uh, they were they were distributing Remo at the time as okay. well. And I think I think it was either, I can't remember if it was Pisces or Sabian. Um, but anyway, 
So my colleague, he wanted to work and, and then he contacted me a couple of months after and he said, you know, they're looking for people. Would you be interested? And I thought, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't particularly want to, you know, work in a guitar shop for the, the rest of my days. And I thought, you know, the, the money was a lot better as well. So I went for an interview, got an interview, went for the interview, got the job. Um, and I was working as, um, I was, I was, I was customer services. So I was office based, um, and I did customer services for, uh, for JBL, uh, and AKG, who else? SKB, lots of, lots of acronyms here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and who else? Oh, DBX as well. So I was in the sort of the pro audio, um, customer services side of things. And that was a, that it was a good job, but it was hard. It was difficult. You know, uh, they were especially, um, because of the, uh, because of the division I was working in was, was all about professional installations in clubs and venues and uh -huh. all that kind of thing. It was really, you know, everything had to be right. Do you know what I mean? No, no margin for error at all. Otherwise, you know, you, you send the wrong thing and that's it. They have to shut down the installation at this. But anyway, uh, so I was, again, I was there for a couple of years, uh, uh, and, um, actually I, I, I would possibly not still be working there, but I would have worked there probably a bit longer. And, uh, if I hadn't been contacted by, um, a guy called Tom Robinson, who was a rep, he used to work, who was, used to be a rep for Yamaha and Zildjian. So I knew him from my shop days from working in the shop. Uh, but he had moved on and he he joined a a very unknown Belgian company called EMD, uh, and uh, he he contacted me because 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 uh, I was recommended uh, to uh, uh, well I was recommended because they they were looking for somebody to work in their in their sales office because it was just growing the, the business was growing and they just needed to get more people in so I got a got a phone call from him, uh, from Tom and, um, asked me if I'd be interested in the job. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You know, I, I, I was ready, you know, to try something different. Um, so there you go. That was 23 years ago. I'm still working for the company. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm still, I'm, you know, that the, t the time has just flown. Yeah, it really has. Uh, but, but so much has happened in the, in the meantime, but it does, it doesn't feel you know, it felt like, you know, maybe three or four years ago, I joined the company, but wow. you know, it's just. Must be something special there for you to have, to felt that you wanted to leave the other positions in the other jobs after a few uh, years. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, one of the reasons for me, um, departing Arbiters, um, uh, I was based, uh, I was living in sort of, so I was living in Surrey and they were based in North London. So the, so the commute was a bit, you know, it was a long, could be a long commute yeah. every day. And, um, an EMD, uh, had an office, uh, set up like literally like five miles away from where I was living at the time. So that, so that was, that was quite, a, that, that, that was part of the draw, but also the, um, uh, the, the brands that they were representing at the time you know i was i was i was quite keen on getting on board with them as well okay um, so there was a that they were um distributors for a, 
a Canadian guitar maker called Godan. Uh, oh, yeah. Time, who did... Uh, so you had Godan guitars, but also affiliated with, with things like a, like Seagull guitars, uh, Simon and Patrick, Art and Luthery. And I was, and I loved their products anyway. You know, I, I thought they were stunning. I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to work for these people. And EMD is a company as well. Just, just, just the loveliest, loveliest people to work for. Really nice. Very, very laid back. You know, they're Belgian. Right. Very, very laid back people, you know, <laughs> you know, so it kind of rubs off. Um and and it's and it's still very much the same sort of similar kind of uh, vibe today, you know, even though it, even though the company has grown exponentially over the past 20 odd years. I mean, um um, you know, they started off, you know, relatively small and 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 um catering for most of sort of Western Europe. Uh, they're now a global company um we have offices out in 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 america in nashville so warehousing and distribution out there um and uh, and across the world we have uh sub distributors as well uh who who are you know official stag agents if you like yeah so it's everywhere it's all over the place and it's um it's it's a, it it's a just a lovely success story for for a you know a small family run yeah. company company in brussels to all you know to where they are today is 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 is, is brilliant that is, i was going to say that that's quite unique i think for a distribution company because to be worldwide yeah. i don't yes. know many others that are well uh what roland yamaha you know yeah they're, they're global aren't they um yeah I, 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 so so I, I but but then again yamaha and roland they're they're manufacturers aren't they that's what i mean but yeah they, they, they self-distribute but but yes like but but an independent distributor mm. you'd be right yeah they're, they're, it is we do have quite a unique place in the market i believe yeah oh, amazing i'm sure I'm, I'm sure my boss will probably tell me different you know if he weren't once once he sees this interview so you said a lot of things wrong phil <laughs> It'll be fine. It's all good. It'll be, it'll be all right. Let's let's keep him happy then. Let's talk about yeah. some of the brands yes, that you that okay. you um you work with, or you know what what they I've, like. I've written a few down here. We got we got Stag Remo, Tokai, yes. which was yes. interesting. That's uh, a, mm, yeah, cool that's, brand. Yeah, Tokai. Uh, we uh, we gained the distribution of Tokai uh, three years ago. In fact, it was during the first lockdown. Oh. that we were awarded the uh, uh, distribution of it from Japan. Now, it's something that now Tokai has been a brand that we've been kind of eyeing up for years um, and been kind of just on the outskirts of like grabbing it, you know, and an opportunity came up where um, <clears throat> our friends out in Japan said, right, OK, we're ready. We're ready to give it to you. Do you want it? Yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> we will have it with knobs on. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's 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 been incredibly incredibly successful, as you as you would imagine. I mean, it's you know I, I, I can't say it's a brand that sells itself, but it's um, but it's uh, you know the name is synonymous with 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 quality. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, I don't know any any guitar player who's who's ever said oh tokai are the rubbish no they're no not, they're not most of them say tokai yeah oh i've got one of the les pauls 
I was going to say there's there's so much better than the Gibson I've got. You know that that's that's the mantra. That's what I hear a lot about well, is saying that that they're that they're copies, which they are effectively. You know, yeah, of of, of classic designs. Um, the build quality and the sound is, you know, in well, since since the eighties has just been just incredible. You Top know? notch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one, and half one the of price. my one of my dad's favorite guitars is a Tokai Les Paul is it really from the 80s yeah oh my god really oh that's amazing and we still you we still use it now with the bastard sons oh you do yeah 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 he he, he takes her on tour it's kind of I'm not sure if it's out of picket pickup change at some point but it it sounds so beefy compared to everything else it's always my because sometimes he you know we'll take three or four on tour Mm mm-hmm and I'm like, I'm. I always prefer the sound of that one. But sound of the talk over his Gibsons, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't. I don't think he tours with any Gibsons at the moment. You know, he owns a few. Yeah. But I guess because they're a bit more valuable, maybe he doesn't like touring with them so much. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as your dad. Um, that you know, I I wouldn't want to spend three or four grand on a guitar and then. And then take it out because I'd be too conscious of it being nicked or or, or you know yeah. being damaged. Bad you know, I've I've yeah. I've always been I've always been a champion of the of the cheaper cheaper end of guitars. I mean, I don't own a guitar that's that, that that's worth more than four hundred quid. Wow, you know? okay. and that's re- and that's retail. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. I've got a, I've got a couple of old you know squires and 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 and. So Mexican fenders and that kind of thing. Nice. They're amazing. They're amazing. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, again, faultless. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be wanting to take take an expensive guitar out to no. just to risk it. Do you know what I mean? Nice no, to no. have. Nice investment, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I've never really been one for for splashing the cash on on gear. <laughs> Uh, and it, no, it's, it, I, I'm I'm in between. I'm because I've had I've owned some really top end gear, mm. but I've also toured with like kind of mid level gear, and it's like it can sound just as good, especially with the drums. Yes, in a, in a live situation, sometimes you know what what's you know what's the difference? And I I I never used to like touring with. I had a few drum kits which I'd spent a lot of money on, and I'm like, I don't really want to take these on tour. I don't want to share them with other drummers. No, no. So can, just, you, can I use your kit? No. Yeah. <laughs> so they usually just sit in my garage or in storage. I'm like, what's the point of me owning these? But um, I do yeah. tour with a, like a high end German kit at the moment, which after the first tour, it's, it's got scratches and dents yeah. in it. But like, yeah. at least I kind of bought it knowing, right, this is going to be the touring kit. It wasn't like stupid money, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it was a high end German Sona kit. Oh, nice! But not not the high, 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 high. Because I don't, I'm but, like, I haven't got that kind of money. No, but <laughs> something, but, but something that's going to be roadworthy and yeah, and yeah, reliable and reliable, part, exactly. Part, and part of the current range because I felt like the kit I was playing at the time was one of the the Asian made kits, yeah. and it, and like they didn't make them anymore. And I just thought, oh, it's kind of nice to represent the current range of stuff and that's, that's good for that for the company as well because i'm actually if someone goes oh that kit sounds great um i want to buy one they can yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly exactly like, but, but but um yeah it's, it's it's great but i know what you mean and yeah and likewise i've had so many compliments about those the mid-range one i used to play before mm-hmm. and i still use that a lot um 
for like rehearsals and and I've got like a small kit in my in my shed, which is that kind of mid-range kit. And it sounds awesome. Fantastic. But um yeah, great. So you um there's a few other brands I'm not familiar with. Okay. Drum drum wise, because like there's more drummers that listen to this, obviously. Yeah, of course, of course. Um Nativo Percussion. Ah, Nativo. Oh, Nativo. Yes, Nativo. Well, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, I may be. Uh, You're probably maybe, correct. Maybe corrected. Um, now, uh, that th- this again, this is a, a, a recent acquisition of ours. Um, uh, oh God, you know, I've, I've, my mind's gone blank uh, in terms of where they're from. I think I know that they're definitely that uh, that. They're made in either Central or South America. I think, yeah, that, it, might, I think it might be Ecuador. I that's could the vibe be I got. That's the vibe yes. I got. I had a quick yes. look. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, we've only uh, recently procured this brand. Um, I've yet to see, see it in the flesh myself. Oh, okay. Uh, however, um, reports we're getting from dealers who have taken on the dealership uh, are saying that they're just amazing quality. And... I mean, you know, mate, uh, you probably noticed this over the course of the past sort of 10 years or so is that Cajon sales have just gone sort of through the roof. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, because, um, and I think that probably has a lot to do with, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I'm just going on my own personal experience is, you know, that, that it's an ideal, it, it's a kit in a box basically yeah. very portable you can take it anywhere so anybody go, going to say like doing an open mic or busking or something like that it's an easy thing to transport and it just it it, it, it was phenomenal really when, when cojones became vastly popular all of a sudden everybody seemed to be doing them you know yeah. seemed to be making them even ourselves i mean you know stag we, we do our own range of cojones very successful um uh, but yes, the um, Nativo is is a like I say, it's a recent um, recent okay. acquisition for us, and and so far so good. It's going being, they're being really well received. I mean, they're they're funky as hell looking. You know, they look I think, beautiful. I think they look amazing. Don't yeah, they? yeah, they you know, they're like stunning. The, yeah, the sort of book, the book matched fronts. That it just looks amazing. Yeah, I think they look lovely. Um, but yeah, uh, from what I hear, <laughs> like I said, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen or heard one in the flesh, but feedback so far has been incredibly positive so yeah we're very oh, good happy. We're very right happy. i'm gonna i'll look into those more because yes. i do own a cajon yeah again it's a sonar one mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of weird it doesn't have a wire in it it's got like does it not ba- bamboo strips and it's, it's oh right yeah but yeah. it never like i don't like this in the product because i think it's still unique in its own way it doesn't quite have the crack Mm. Like like a like a, a cajon with a wire does. I've no. lent, I've let someone has borrowed it from me, and I don't know who, and I I don't know where it is right now. So <laughs> I might I might be in the market to get a replacement. Because, okay, well so, hit hit me up, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. If you if you want to try anything, I'm more than happy to say, you know send it to you. If you yeah. 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 Absolutely cool, man. no problem. Of course, of course. Yeah, because the, the one one thing I was one thing I have noticed being a a, a working drummer. Yes. Is especially pubs and clubs and small venues they literally don't even want a band anymore they, no. they they're just looking for duos and singers yes absolutely yeah i can and and if you're lucky you might they might book a trio with a cajon so like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of drummers that used to be in bands yeah the cover especially in the cover circuit are now mm-hmm. out of a gig or or are doing less gigs than they could before because most of the 
clubs and pubs don't want a drummer, which is yeah. I understand. I understand it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I get it. Yeah. It, it sucks. It. It's really su- it sucks because I, I I remember um, I was playing in like a covers trio. You know, quite a f- going back a few years, and the 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 trio gig started fizzling out, and the duo gig started becoming more common. Yeah. And then eventually it became no no trio gigs, and it was yeah. just duo gigs because it was more money. Yeah, more yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I think that that that's where these venues are thinking like, yeah. how can we save money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? By just getting a duo or, or solo artists in with, hmm. you know, and we're just paying fifty quid and. <laughs> Well, yeah, more, more more than that sometimes. Probably, probably a bit more than that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or hopefully, anyway. Yeah, I was going to um, say, yeah, but that's that's my experience, and it like yeah. as I'm sure lots of other drummers may, might be in the same boat where they get off or their ba- their cover band gets off a, a gig, and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, we can only do an acoustic duo," so yeah. then they they're missing out on a gig that weekend. Sure. Because because the, the 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 singer or the, the guitarist that books the gigs goes, "Well, I want to do it." I want money. Yeah, that's right. I think I, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's been in that situation. But um, anyway, yeah, get a cajon if you're a drummer. Just get one. Keep it in your yeah. I don't know, keep I don't know if you've got a garage or something. Yeah, or, or, keep, keep it handy. It will yeah. come in handy. It will. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> don't don't let anyone borrow it off you. No, that's. Right. <laughs> I I don't know who, who's got it. I'll have to. If anyone's listened to this, if you've got my yes, cajon, give yes, it back. Please, please contact <laughs> Dane Campbell at drumforthesong.com. Drumforthesong.com. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other uh, talking about yeah. So drum dots. The other thing drum they dots. kind of. Like mm. damp dampening pads. Yeah, then? basically, yeah, yeah. So like you know, like moon gel, that kind of thing. That's you know, cool. it's uh again, you know, just a nice little accessory to have. Essential, you know, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's um yeah, it's a good good little good little brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which check there's loads of other ones. I don't want to talk about everything because we'll be here all day. But uh <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, you know, it's a, it's quite a large collection of brands that you do. Um, we, we've, yeah, with. we have, yeah, we, we, we do, we do have quite a lot, quite a lot of brands. I mean, you know, we're, uh, EMD is as a dis, as a global distributor has a hell of a lot more brands than, than you can actually see yourself because, um, you know, we, we're we're limited to what we can distribute in the UK, but yeah. in Europe, it's a different. Uh, different stories together. So, for instance, uh, I mean, we've got in Europe, you know, we do Seiko, we do Crafter guitars. Uh, you know, the, the, there's quite a lot of stuff that we can't do in the UK because uh, other Some, distributors are doing it. Yeah. Stuff, so. But um, but no, I think we've got enough to be getting on with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for right. our little market. That's one thing I was going to bring up. So, mm. is your you work for EMD UK. Is your warehouse it's, still in Belgium? It is. It is indeed. Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, up until, well, when was it? When, when did Brexit happen? I was about, that was my next question. That's going to be your how, next question. How is it all being affected by Brexit? How do we get around it? Well, we, we, we've, um, uh, we found a solution. Uh, and it's working incredibly well because I, I know that the uh, that one of the you know one of the biggest kind of obstacles for for anybody or any distributor wanting to import into the UK is that you're going to have to go through customs and import duties and blah 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 that kind of thing. 
um, which thankfully uh, we we didn't have to. We we uh, we struck a deal with our um, uh, our freight forwarders, ah. uh, and so all sort of import duties, etc. That kind of thing is dealt with from the Belgian end, uh, which means that all of our customers in the UK they won't get a goods invoice, and that's it. They won't yeah. they won't get stung by HMRC for you know import that, that and import duties and that kind of yeah. thing. So. But it, it did take a little while for that to, it took, probably took about three months after Brexit kind of clicked over in, in 21. Um, uh, it, it did take us a while to kind of get the, get the wheels greased. There were some, you know, false starts here and there, and it, it was difficult to navigate for the first three, three or four months of, of yeah. 2021. But then all of a sudden it just like, you know, it, it, it just happened and it, and it, and it's working very well. Um, and even even transit times as well uh, between Belgium and here are, are, are quite normal, like three or four days to get something yeah. delivered, which is, and especially, I mean, these things still have to go through customs, obviously. Um, but, you know, the, the, the transit times did, did speed up after after we got through that initial blockage. Yeah. so to speak so um so we're we're faring very well and and that was one of the things that we feared the most yeah I'm not uh, surprised. When, when we felt you know when 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 the vote came through we thought oh god what the hell are we gonna do how are we gonna do this you know we even talked about well maybe we should have our own warehouse in the uk actually it's something we're still talking about now you know it's, it's not off the table yeah um you know i think we're getting to uh we're getting to a point <clears throat> where it will pro it it probably will happen maybe in the next maybe three to five years but um yeah that that'll be a challenge for the company to set up a mm. you know uk distribution yeah because they're because we'll basically it'd be like starting up a completely new company i think you know um yeah i can see like benefits to that Mm -hmm. In terms of, like you said, three to four days is is actually pretty quick to come it's, from Belgium. But but for, some, but for some customers and maybe an artist, it's not quick enough. It's not, no, you're absolutely Sometimes, right. Yeah, if it's some, an emergency situation see, they, or whatever, they, they, need, they need next day stuff. Now then, when it comes to things like, um, especially for artists, okay, um, um, with Remo artists, they uh, whenever they come to me, I can either sell. Or, you know, or supply heads directly to them from Belgium. And I explained yeah. to them, look, you can have them in three or four working days. I said, oh, no, no, I need them quicker than that. You know, I'm going into a session tomorrow. I really need, you know, I've forgotten to buy my ambassadors. Say, okay, well, that's no problem because we, we, ha we have Remo artist centres in the UK uh, who are specifically there to cater for that kind of need. So we've got John Henry's in North London, legendary. Yeah, you know, rehearsal spaces, backline, back, back you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So that they are an official UK Remo artist centre. So that their their stock holding of Remo heads is 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 incredibly good. Right. So in the event of any, um, you know, any signed artist needing heads quickly, I always say, right, John Henry's, if you're in sort of in 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 London or or if you're up north, tour supply in Manchester, they do right. the same. They do the same for us. 
and uh, yeah, they're invaluable. Without without those those guys, oh, London Drum Company as well. Uh, which are, they're in South London. Another another artist centre. Uh, they're they're invaluable uh, ah, yeah. to us as a from an artist relations perspective. You know, we couldn't do it without them. Because, no, no. <laughs> yeah, or or it be or it be sluggish without them. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. So, oh, great. So. Oh, the, oh. so so can they send stuff out as well? Or do they yeah, need the, yeah, okay, yeah cool. absolutely. Yeah, you don't need to go in. You know, you can just phone up and say, "I need this, this, and this. I need it there by tomorrow." Yeah, no problem. It, it's literally that easy. Wow. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I like. I'm pretty organised when it comes to when I when I order stuff, but yeah. that's good to know just in case. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, obviously the gear oh, yeah. is the gear is reliable anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't often get emergencies on tour i've always got a box of spares spares yeah i mean i always take spares and but the, there's there's always going to be a situation with 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 somebody who who will need something quickly yeah you know exactly, for, yeah. for whatever reason it doesn't matter what reason it is it's like if you need it then you know yeah. we can get it there for you excellent stuff yeah. well that's that's yeah. fantastic you can't you can't beat that service i must say <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for interrupting this episode of Drum for the Song. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. I just wanted to take a few moments to tell you about my Patreon page. This is a place where you can support the podcast in exchange for some bonus content. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash drum for the song. There are three tiers available at the moment. One is £3 a month, one is £5 a month and the other one is £10 a month. Each tier grants you access to exclusive benefits, which include bonus episodes, early access to the main episodes, private Facebook group membership, merch discounts, discount on Motorhead Beer, as well as a monthly competition to win Motorhead Beer, access to Skype chats with me, asking my guests questions, occasional free gifts like drumsticks, free tickets to Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons shows, and your name in the episode description. If you regularly enjoy the podcast and think you would enjoy those benefits too, please consider signing up. If you didn't already know, I do everything for this podcast all by myself. So I do all the contacting, all the research, all the interviews, all the audio editing, all the video editing, all the artwork, all the uploading. I write all the descriptions. I build the website. Everything is just me. So essentially, the money from the subscriptions helps me keep a bit of time free during my weeks so I can continue making the podcast for you guys. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash drum for the song. Check it out and enjoy the rest of the episode. Drum for the song podcast. I know one thing that always comes up, like a topic. Um, If a drummer's in a band, maybe Mm -hmm. they started touring. Yeah. You know, and they they you know they they want to get an endorsement with any brand really, not necessarily Remo. But what mm-hmm. what do you look for? What should they be doing to kind of before before they apply? Perhaps what what before they... they apply? I think um, well, I mean these days especially, it's all about um, it's all about social media exposure, isn't it? Mm. and uh and how many followers you have and that kind of thing i mean that's that's the sort of thing we do look at that but we don't we don't take that as as it 
you know, being the, the final thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think there's, there's no, you know, hard and fast kind of criteria as such. And what, what I seem to, what I've found uh, myself is that uh, any, any kind of um, new artist uh, applicant I will receive has uh, kind of already established themselves in, in a sense. And they haven't, so they, they, they've waited until they've got to a certain point in their, in their journey, in their career, where they've got X amount of exposure that they're, you know, they're, they're like a known artist or group or whatever yeah. uh, to, to a demographic um, that, that, that they'll approach for, for endorsements or, or, or support, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I very, very rarely get anybody coming to me asking for free stuff. No, I don't you know. Even... It's no, it just, it just, it, yeah, it used to happen and it has happened, you know, and, and we have to be very polite and say, well, you know, so we just can't give it away. No. Um, but, but a lot of, um, well, most, I'm going to say all of, all of my artists are very gracious and, uh, and are always more than willing to, to pay they, they'll get an ask, uh, preferential rate obviously because they're artists um which they're always very uh thankful for yeah um but obviously you know they're uh um <clears throat> especially with remo uh remo in dorsey's that you know the, the the spectrum is so wide yeah uh in so you've got you know your your up and comings to your yeah the biggest the biggest yeah, drummers it, in the world. Well, well exa exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, I mean, the, like I say, there isn't hard, there isn't really any sort of hard and fast rules. And, and like I was saying, that you know, they we, we get approached mainly by artists that have that have that are already in in yeah. the system in the system. I, I can't think of a better word to put. <laughs> I know you. But, I know what but, you mean. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know. So I'm not going to get like you know uh, a drummer who's who's been in a covers band for a couple of years and playing down a local pub asking for an endorsement that just no. doesn't happen it just doesn't happen at all well yeah. i find odd i've seen drummers like that yeah get get endorsements with like random stick companies and symbol companies and like yeah I, and i'm like you, you literally just play in a covers band don't, yeah. and I'm like, i don't understand how that works but no no neither do i I'm not, I, did, I keep my mouth shut and say good, yeah, good for you yeah. great you know yeah yeah it's i mean it's yeah we we, we obviously vet them we don't <laughs> You know, we don't just yeah. give, throw stuff out or supply people willy nilly. You know, they no. have to. They, they have to. They have have some clout behind yeah. them. That, no, that, that that's probably, you know. Yeah, you got it. You got it. The end. And what what is important is obviously retailers. Yes, you, you can't give every musician an artist deal because no, they're in a band. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> so that, right. And without the retailers, obviously, mm. everyone everyone would be screwed. Oh, so, totally, totally. So yeah. that's, I mean, the, the other thing I was coming from the retail background that I did when I was of, in Cranes. Of course, you were in Cranes, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we used to, I used to order stuff from you back then. You um, and Cranes is no more. We, I know. We, unfortunately, it it it, uh, it um, saw its fate after after I left. So mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, was, that was a shame because I mean they they um, Cranes have been around for years. Like, you know, well established in Cardiff, wasn't it? Cardiff, was it yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, a, a big player uh, within the within the industry, but you know, I'm, yeah, it has. But the industry has suffered. You know, retailers, yeah. retailers really suffered. Yeah, 
uh, really ever since sort of 2008, you know? Yeah. With the first kind of the, the credit crunch crash. And that's yeah. kind of where we saw it kind of start to dip down, dip down. But, you know, it's I think it is kind of leveling off. It has leveled off. Um, there have been some casualties, definitely. But, um, yeah. but, but there have been some really good success stories as well from it all. You know, it's, yeah, not, it, it's not all doom and gloom out there. That's good to know. So I, I'm aware there's probably a few other shops that have unfortunately closed as well. Um, uh -huh. I, I was going to say, have you noticed anything since Brexit negatively with, with, within the re high, maybe a, more of a high street retailer rather than uh, the big online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even since Brexit, you know, uh, there are there are big internet companies out there that are still very much you know squeezing the prices down mm. um and of course that's something that we have absolutely no control over we can't it's just yeah you, know, you can't we're not, we're not allowed to you know yeah um so i'm not going to mention any names no no i don't, I don't <laughs> but, want but, you to no but, but, but there are the there are the bit there are those the, the the big internet players who are who are still very much a i guess a for want of a better phrase, a, a threat to the high street, you know, because mm. they, they, they sell their stuff so low, they can get it to you next day. Um, mm. It's it, it's incredibly detrimental to um, to the high street, um, yeah. especially especially you know drum retailers, especially where the thing is, you know, you you don't you don't get an experience when you when you purchase something online, do you? I mean no. the whole. I mean, for me to go into a guitar shop is just like, it's one of the most wonderful things, you know, it's an experience. Yeah. And, I, uh, and, I, but you, and you don't get that with buying something from, you know, them guys, yeah. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know, you can, and, and you never know what you're going to get. And that's no. the thing that, and that, that's, that, that's the other thing about buying instruments especially online um accessories not so much obviously but uh but if you're going to want to purchase something you know rather large and you decide to buy it online then you know yeah. on your head be it because it could could end up damaged in transit or something wrong with it and then you've got all the hassle of trying to get it back you know get it returned and it's you know but when you go you go into a store you don't get that no at all you know and i think um I think a lot of a lot of people, a lot of players, uh, are more than happy to to pay just that little bit extra, um, to to get that that service and have that experience and 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 you know talk to a human being yeah uh, about <laughs> it as well you know not a, face a, to not face, a chat have a, com have a proper <laughs> chat conversation with people you know it, yeah that, that's that's what that's what the high street is all about. You know, and it, it should, should still be. Um, I, it's important in the drum world, I think, the sense of community that the yes. drum shops offer. Absolutely, yeah. And and especially in, in where I'm from, there's you know, there's a couple of shops. There's there's the, the drum depot. Mm. And they, they put on the clinic clinics and things like that. There's drummers on, um, and there's another one in Bridgend called Carriad. So oh, Carriad drums, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so they they're all really great shops. So I think yeah. I'm quite lucky to have. I'm not, I don't live that close to them, but I, you know, I could easily drive to either of them within, you know, 40 minutes. Oh, that's all right. That's, isn't it? that's I pretty mean, good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, drum depot and, 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 and drummers and I mean, they're, 
so well established and they've got that's some great kit yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're you know they're, they're what you know wonderful places yeah and and, and that that's what it's all about you know? yeah going so in there they, they might they might offer you a cup of tea if you're lucky you know they, yeah they do and biscuits yeah. and, and yeah. all sorts of yeah. stuff yeah, they, yeah. They, it's yeah. amazing it is amazing honestly and um yeah hopefully people will continue to support these shops i hope so and I, and I do believe they will i know that we've had some rather sort of major you know casualties over the past few years foots especially mm. foots drums was like the the that was the biggest kick in the gut it really was because they've been they've been there for like 100 years wow know? yeah that is yeah. sad yeah and um and the reason they had to shut their doors was you know it was not so much to do with um uh, from a sales perspective but it was because the the, the rents were so high because they're based in central london you know rents and rates were just going up and up and up and they just couldn't couldn't afford to keep the doors open anymore which is such a shame yeah because they were you kind of i mean you wouldn't believe this but you would if you're in central london you'd struggle to find a drum shop um you've got drum shack uh which are in they're, they're south of the river they're in battersea so they're they're like probably the one of the last remaining central london shops wow. uh, i think you've got you've got pmt as well who've got a relatively good sort of drum department and they're they're based in sort of on the on the outskirts of east london yeah or going going to east central london but that's it you've got wembley drum center you know up in the northwest of london but that's it there's yeah. there's not enough there, there doesn't seem to be anybody in central london anymore which is surprising you know especially yeah. in especially in the west end where you've got all the theaters and you know uh, uh you, you've got the theater bands and uh, you'd think there'll be there'll be someone there you know yeah but they just didn't so i mean that's a shame a real yeah. shame when, when foots went which was relatively recently like what six months ago probably not in that yeah like, oh my god you know I, <laughs> <laughs> I was, like i was familiar with the name but it's not somewhere i'd ever been so i, I guess no. I, I didn't realize the history of, of them yeah yeah it was so well established um the, the um nick mason from pink floyd uh was was invested in the in the store for, oh, for, right. a, good, for a good sort of 10 years or so um so he uh, so there was quite a draw <laughs> knowing he you know he was on board and stuff so uh, but um no it just got just got too much uh oh. for them which is such a shame but a it's, big uh, shame yeah oh well well but there, keep, but there we are yeah there we are there we are just, <laughs> if, you, if you need that you know little item or you just fancy a browse go into your local store please you, you'll probably be inspired and you'll yeah. hopefully you'll walk away with something you don't you don't need and um <laughs> and then you'll be supporting the shop or just exactly. top, top up your top up your remo head stock yeah yeah just nipping get a set of heads you know or pick up some sticks yeah just little things like that it all helps you know it small, does small purchases um it really does and keeps keeps people in a job as well yeah. you know yeah. um you know just just keeps them gainfully employed and and it's just it, it's just better to go yeah. into a shop and buy something yeah and talk to a human being about it yeah great yeah. thank you um, you're welcome the other the other part of your well i guess it's not a common regular part of the job is but 
the only time we've ever met in person was at the UK drum show. It was, yes. I, I can't remember what year. And I went with Gordon from Raging Speed On, who was yes, absolutely. One, one of my other episodes, one of the earlier episodes, actually. Mm, mm, we, mm. we came up together because we live in the same town. We yep. probably talked about all this. But yep. um, <laughs> what, So what was involved in like organizing that? Did you have much to do with that or did you just show up? Or did you I, have... I, no, I basically showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but but no, I have been involved in the organisation of shows before, and it's um uh it's I mean in terms of the technicalities of it, as far as I'm involved, is uh, um I'm responsible for getting all the stock there on time. That's that's my thing. That's another part of my job. Is um I, I, I'm 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 essentially I, I do custom services for the company. You know so. While I, you know, don the artist relations hat for Remo and 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 stag symbols and whatnot, and uh, my other hat is very much kind of grassroots um, uh, and and dealing with the day to day business of the company. You know, so it's like you know processing uh, dealer orders and queries and that, you know that kind of thing, and yeah, and, yeah. and and also a bit of um, like social media content and answering questions. Okay. From- from the general public, uh, but uh, sorry, I'm 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 giving you a politician's answer here, but by evading <laughs> the by evading the original question, uh, <laughs> something that I'm very fully aware that I do. Um, but in terms of um, uh, of of organisations for shows, uh, we we actually have uh, a team of people out in out in Belgium who who design the stand. You know, have like what's that? What's that program thing like a CAD computerized, you know, uh, design thing? So, so, mm. so they, so they design the stand for us and know exactly what's going to go where and, and that kind of thing. And, and it's, and my responsibility is just to to order all the stuff up. Okay. Get the warehouse to to pick it all and put it on pallets, and then and, and I'll tell them where and when when to ship it to, and and that's kind of it. And obviously. The shows that I that I attend get heavily involved in pretty much all of it, really. You know, so from building it up uh, to being incredibly knackered <laughs> you know, throughout the whole thing, the noise and the the dirt and, um, mm. and uh, but it but it's but it's all part of it. You know, it's all part of the the, the show experience, and then tearing it down mm. at the end at the end of the show, which is like oh yeah. yeah. By the um, end of it, by the end of it, you feel like you've run a marathon. You know? No, I, I bet. I just that one. I was only there for an afternoon, and I was naked, mm. so yeah. I can't imagine what the people working there for the whole weekend must have felt. It's, it's yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's challenging, uh, especially especially for you know the the, the guys that uh, that that work uh, for us that come along to the show. So the reps, you know, the, the reps out on the road. But, we're, we're we're all in the same kind of age bracket now. So the the average age of of, uh, of uh, an EMD UK employee is, is I think is like forty five. You know, <laughs> we're all in our fifties now. Um, but when we first started out working together, we were all sort of, you know in our sort of early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, and we're we're a young dynamic team. You know, but now we're we're we're. <laughs> We've we've stayed the distance, but we're we're just that bit older. <laughs> but we're still, you know, we're we're still out there and doing what we do, and yeah. and, and get going to the shows and 
getting stuck into it all and we we love it you know we we, we really do enjoy it i was going to say then some of those shows where they have um i guess performances and, and mm-hmm. clinics and stuff with yes. with artists do you get involved in with the art the remo artist side of things yeah absolutely yeah. yes i mean there, there's always going to be um you know whoever's performing at these um uh, who do the master classes or clinics you know nine times out of ten at least at least half of them will be remo endorsed so yeah. um our responsibility uh uh as far as we go is is to just make sure that they've got the heads that they need for their kit yeah uh and and yeah you- we just we, we just literally just hand hand the heads over to them when they they'll, they'll come to the stand and say oh yeah i'm i'm such and such for so and so who's doing a clinic um have you got his heads yeah there we go oh there you go so, you know, cool. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like that pretty but easy um, but in terms of the whole you know actually um sort of getting involved with the clinics themselves it's uh, I, I haven't done it myself but um but uh, 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 there's a, a guy called Gary Mann um, who was the, uh, the, so the European, I suppose, sales director and artist relations for the UK and Europe. I think I've already said European, haven't I? For about 30 years for Remo. He, right. um, you know, he was the, he's the, 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 the face and the name for Remo in the UK for many, many years. Now, Gary retired three three years ago, although he still kind of keeps his hand in here and there. I spoke to him yesterday, actually. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so he's still doing bits and pieces, but if, yeah, but he has officially retired and kind of hand, handed over the uh, the baton to me uh, as, well, well, you know, <laughs> a guitar player who <laughs> is the face oh, man. and artist relations for, 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 a, you know, for a drum company. Um but but Gary would be very very involved in that kind of thing, you know, uh, with shows and and he he very active within that. But uh, yeah. but I haven't I haven't actually had a, really had a chance to do that yet, purely because, you know, well like I say, he retired three years ago, um, literally one week before the first lockdown. He timed that perfectly, uh, <laughs> and uh, and of course you know for the next two years nothing happened, you know, so there were no shows, um, so. But I think it's that there is one. Um, <clears throat> it's at the end of September this year, isn't it? It's September the thirtieth, yeah. October yeah. the first in yeah. Liverpool. That's that's right, exactly <laughs> that. So um, so yeah, it's it's uh, Gary won't be there, but uh, but you know us as a company will be there and we'll be showing our wares. Nice, so nice, speak. and and giving full support to all the uh, all the players in the uh, in the clinics. Cool. Well, that should be a fun weekend. I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm on tour, so I don't think I can come. But um, ah. for anyone, any drummers, you know, uh, a UK drum show in Liverpool, I can't remember the venue, but go check that out. It's always yeah. great to see loads of new gear, old gear, yeah. Yeah. great players. I yeah. think the ticket price is relatively very good deal, really, for what you get, uh-huh. um, I think. So I think it's a good good for any drum nerds anyway yeah exactly it's a good day out for the drum nerds yeah yeah bring it bring it earplugs <laughs> bring it yeah yeah ear defenders yeah leave leave the missus at home yeah unless she loves <laughs> unless she, <laughs> unless unless, she loves drums of yeah course. or of course unless yeah you are a girl yourself exactly which you know there's I'll lots of what, there's lots of yeah i mean the the, the female drumming community is 
It's huge. Yeah. And and there are some stunning players out there. Absolutely, yeah. you know, just top notch, top draw. It's fantastic. And I, I need to get I've had a few guests on my show, but I, I do need to get some more uh women and girls on. Some ladies, yeah. Ladies. Exactly. Yeah, like, absolutely. Different ages, you know. I gotta like and unfortunately we're in one of those industries where it's always been a bit more male dominated. Yes, mostly. it has. It, yeah, know. mostly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll call a spade a spade here. It has. It has it, been for, for for many many years. But yeah. I would say probably in the last I don't know what say ten years, there's been a real upsurge in yeah in um, female players. Yeah, it's uh, great. Which which is and they're fan, no, they're fantastic. I could beat beat the crap out of the guys. <laughs> Absolutely no problem. I mean, when you th you think back to like classic um, female players, so who who can you think of? Like Sheila E, yeah, one of them. Um, yeah. that's it. Oh, you know, I, you know, I'm Karen, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, oh, Karen oh, Carpenter. Karen Karen Carpenter was a drummer. Yes, yeah. indeed, she was she was amazing. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, was it Cindy Blackman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they, these are like the legendary female these drummers. are the legendary yeah. female drummers uh and of course now you've got you know, loads well so many so many my instagram feed is full, is full of female drummers yeah yeah i don't know if that's yeah. an, it's, it's great and um and what one thing i've noticed um this like 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 you mentioned social media now mm. there's there's an you can make a career from playing drums on social media now you, yeah, you don't you have could. to you don't have to be in a band and you can get sponsorships yeah. and all this stuff like yeah. I, i'm like a my social media profile is tiny compared to <laughs> some people and it's it's amazing um and but the, this this fantastic players I, i'm like wowed every day and and some like really young ones mm. like yeah literally children Yes. Like better, better than me <laughs> well I, t I, I think I, you know i think the reason for that i mean yes you're absolutely right i mean you you, you look at the internet and you see all these child prodigies who are just like it, 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 any instrument yeah yeah you know, uh i mean guitarists you know you get you're getting these five six year old kids who are playing steve Vai. you know yeah. <laughs> and, and you think oh how how is this happening you know uh in my day i had to i had to go to a music shop buy a tab book try and learn it you know learn it the old way whereas i think uh, the, the the internet's influence on on young players these days has been phenomenal you know i mean it, and it's just opened up a whole new so youtube especially you know yeah um free stuff you know exactly free stuff and and just so, so much more accessible to to anybody these days to who wants to learn anything any instrument you know yeah um they they've just got the world at their fingertips and uh and it's it's and it's no surprise that you, you you're getting these these young kids who are just who are, you know virtuoso yeah. at, at, at uh at such a, an early stage it makes you it makes you think well that's, it's, it's incredible what you're yeah. doing it's something it's amazing but what, what are you going to do next? You know, as in uh, how, 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 how much better are you going to get? Yeah. Some, right. of the, some of the, some of these kids that are playing a, a, a could, you know, wipe the floor with, with me. 
you know, and I'm, a, I'm not a particularly great player. I mean, I can hold my own in a, in a situation, but, um, hmm. but no, I just, I just couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't do what these kids are doing now. You know, no, I, I, it's the same with me. And sometimes it's inspiring, isn't it? And it, it is, is yeah. but sometimes it's kind of like, why do I bother? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll give up. I'll, I think I'll just give up now. Yeah, I'll just completely quit. I'll, I'll yeah. I'll do something else. I, I try to take the that's the, the the very inspiring route rather than the the grumpy old git route. You know. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the best way, really. But I yeah, think so. But uh, yeah, um, that's that's really interesting. Um, we got. I've got a. I got two questions actually from one of my my patreons. Ah, excellent. I've got like a, a patreonic. Um, Page that people can support the podcast and all that because I do it all my I do it all myself. It's hard work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Doesn't pay anything. Well, no. for, any, I, for anyone I, interested on YouTube, mm -hmm. I monetized my channel over a year ago. I get about five oh. pound five pounds a month now on adverts from adverts. Well, well that's all right. An you entire, know, an entire five pound. There you go. That's that's like you know <laughs> a four pint of milk and a loaf of bread. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's better than nothing. <laughs> better than nothing, or maybe half a pack of nappies. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yes. <laughs> have, to, have to remember that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, anything, anything helps. Uh, add to the nappy fund. Mm. Uh, sign up to the Patreon. But what, yeah, what David Rudd is um, the fine gentleman that has some questions for you. Yes, of course. Wow, I have questions. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, he says. As I've played stag cymbals in the past and loved their live sound, I'd be interested to know where they are made mm -hmm. and whether there are plans for higher end products. Interesting. Well, no, that's, that's a that's a good question. So that's a two that's a, that's a two barreled question. So first of all, all the stag cymbals are made in China, right? And they're all made in the traditional way, um, and and every single stag cymbal um with the exception of the ones that are the, like the starter ones which are the pressed symbols um every single stag symbol from a particular range upwards uh, are all hand finished and hand hammered um as far as i know uh, i don't think there are any plans to do anything higher end because i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i th i i i because I don't think that's really what Stag's ethos is about. You know, I don't think that we're, uh, especially with the symbols, we're not trying to corner or, uh, well, not trying to corner anything, but we're not, we're not I don't think it'll, it'll be in our best interest in to, to, to go into the higher end of of, um, of quality and manufacturing. Um, one, of the, one of the things that was so, I think, unique about, our symbols initially and and still stands today is that it is their affordability uh but there's but no compromise on quality mm. um that i think that's the thing that that really kind of stood out with this with our with our product when i was looking looking into this a bit earlier on i was thinking god how long have we been doing symbols now we we we, we launched them in 2002 Right, and it was only—I I think we only started off with a couple of series. I think it was the single hammered and the double hammered series that we started off with. And when we first introduced them, um, we kind of pitched them at the kind of mid-priced range, and 
and nobody really kind of took to them. You know, you know, it was just like just another another you know simple company, and no one was really kind of taking that much interest in them initially uh, until we we uh, we we discovered we could a- we could actually drop the price on these quite considerably, uh, and, and we'll just see what happens. And um, so we did that. And all of a sudden, it just kind of, it just went stratospheric. Literally, you know, it was like yeah. people people were going, we're, we're, we're going into shops, you know, trying the symbols out. Thinking, wow, these are great, you know. Who's this stack? Never heard of them. How much? Oh, my God. I could buy three of these and pay the same for one Zildjian K or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the... That's where it started. That's where the, the the symbol story really kind of started, and um, and it wasn't re- uh, 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 until we started we, we began getting interest from from artists. I mean, like I said, you were probably the, one of the first hmm. in a handful. So there was yourself, that band you were, was it called Straight Lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so that's, 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 that's it. Yeah. That was that's the yeah. That's right. I remember, I remember when you when you contacted me initially, and. Uh, so especially when I found out that you were Phil Campbell's son, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> but I, hope, was, I hope it was the band's quality was the main oh, reason. It was, oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. It wasn't until after I found out, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that, that your dad was Phil Campbell. Um, uh, there was yourself, there was Gordon. Uh, yeah. From Raging Speedhorn. Um, uh, Jamie Oliver, not the chef. Jamie Oliver, the drummer. Um UK subs, was he UK in? subs, yeah, punk drummer. He, he was, he got on board really, uh, really quickly, um, and he's and he's still very much a champion. Oh, great uh, of the symbols. In fact, I'm 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 sorting some some higher or some not well, yeah, some loan symbols when he he, he he's going out to to America to tour with his new band Ultra Bomb. Oh, cool! Uh, in in May, I think it is, and he and he's saying, "Can he sort me out with some symbols while I'm out there?" So, yeah, absolutely no problem, mate. So, um, so I've got him. Uh, who else have we had? We, I, I remember. I, I'm assuming he still uses them. Carl Richards. I don't yeah, know. Carl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, I, I, I speak to him probably. I don't speak to him as much as I used to, but, um, but like maybe once a year he'll drop me a line. But yeah, Carl is still very much. Uh, uh, um an ambassador for us uh um who else let's see uh there was oh i'll tell you who who came to us initially uh, uh and that was matt donnelly from don broco ah cool yeah yeah, yeah. um um j- literally just before they became massive you know yeah. <laughs> you know so he was he was with us for a, for a cup for probably about two or three years i think nice uh, he endorsed, I, endorsed our stuff so yeah i wonder so if he, i i wonder if i had anything to do with that because my, i because I, I, I was playing we did quite a few shows with them yeah before they kind of went massive and i would have been playing the stags at the time yes i wonder whether i can't i can't specifically remember having the conversation it, but maybe I, I'll tell you what, Danny, it may well have been because a lot of the time, a lot of the uh, a lot of the inquiries that we get from artists are generally from word, but by word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or by by drummers who know other drummers who use them, and or, or have gone to see a band and that and uh, and they go up to the drummer after the show and they say, you know, what are you, what are you using? You know, sound amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh, you, uh, the stack sounds. What, what? Oh my god, they sound amazing. Yeah. And that's how. It, that's how it's gone, you know. Yeah, we, we've 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 not really been known for like heavily marketing 
uh, no. the product at all. It's all really been word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, and it kind of continues I, to be so. I know? think they're quite unique sounding. Is in they, they, they're not like, especially the ones I have tried. I tried a, f- a few different ranges back in mm. the day. Yeah. I don't know if you still make, I know you still do the Sensors, I think. Yes, um, we do. Yes, I did. I used the Myra's, the Furias. Yeah, yeah. They were all they were all unique. They weren't copying any. They weren't copying like any of the models that the main kind of brands were. Not not were trying to be anything else. No, no that, they were no, their own thing. That's very true. You know, it's it's funny you mentioning about the Furias and the Myra's. That I mean, the, the, those two series were the that they should have been the flagships of the of the of the brand of the of the symbol ranges because. We did so well with those in in the sense that we, you know, we we had so many, uh, especially rock and punk drummers, really gravitated towards them. Yeah. Um, but you know that who, I don't know whose decision it was to, to discontinue them. Um, Is that probably? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that, that was questionable because the, if I get asked for anything more than anything else, is Oh, have you still got some Furies or Myras in stock? That's what I get asked the most. Oh wow! Um, we don't. Um, you know, sadly, we don't. However, you know, the Sensor Range, the Genghis series as well. You know, I think that the idea is that uh, yeah. Uh, at the time, we, we we probably had about I don't know maybe seven or eight different, probably about ten different series of symbols. And I think it was getting a bit confusing uh, to people. And yeah. um, and, uh, and our product manager, a guy called Eric Tang, who sadly is, is no longer with the company. He, he left last week, but he was with us for about 10 years, um, probably a little, little longer. But, um, but he did the most amazing, amazing makeover with, uh, with the Symbol brand, with the Symbol range. You know, he, he he streamlined it. He he went out personally to China, and and handpicked literally. Wow. You know, went to different factories and and said, "I want this. I want this. I want this." Him being a drummer himself, uh, you know, knew what he was talking about, and 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 the and the result of that was um, was the sensor range and the Genghis range, which is those two series are kind of like a, a like a coverall if you like uh suitable for all manner of styles we still do the single hammered series which is which was the first series that we came out with we still do that yeah. still very very popular but um uh but with with sensor and and, and genghis uh, we're doing equally as well with the with, with with those particular series you know excellent and, uh yeah so and um but but to answer uh, answer your uh, your your friend's question, there, no, that at the moment that there's there's no plan to make anything higher end. We're kind of you know keeping it as it is. I could be talking complete rubbish. <laughs> I mean, they, they could be be you know planning something right now without me knowing about it. But um, but since Eric's departure, like I said, he was so instrumental in in um, in raising the profile and and uh, and, and getting. Um, uh, just new product, you know, get, getting rid of the chaff and and uh, and bringing in some new stuff. He he was he was, he was the linchpin to yeah. it all. So without him now, I know that we're 
the work where um, we're looking for somebody else to, to, to fill his boots. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if we have yet, but, um, uh, but I think yeah, we'll, he's find gonna, someone. we'll find somebody, but I, you know, I love Derek. Mm. Great, great guy. You know, I really miss him. Um, you know, just professional to the last and, 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 a, and really just a great guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had another question, yes. which is not drum related. Okay. Uh, how long did it take you to grow your wicked beard? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Um, a wicked beard. Uh, I'd say, right. Okay. Well, uh, the length of it, uh, I trimmed this the other day. I was going to say that believe it or not, yeah, I stole uh, a photo from your Facebook yeah to send to the guys to yes. promote to, to say oh, have you got any questions <laughs> and you did it was slightly longer in the photo it was a bit longer yeah it was it was getting it was getting intertwined with my chest hair you know and i, <laughs> I was finding bits of cheese and egg inside you know i had to keep it a bit you know a bit tidier um i well this has probably taken me a good it would have taken me a good year i say to get it to this length i mean my beard was probably about the length of yours at the time i i started to grow it out and it probably took about a year maybe 18 months to get it sort of, sort of down here and it's wow okay the amount the amount of stuff i need to do to it to just kind of keep it in place is ridiculous um is it, you know is I, it, I obviously i used to have hair at one point i I went bald at 24, but before oh, then wow. I had, I had long hair and I, you know, I was buying all the stuff and buying all the products to put it in it and gel and sprays and all that kind of thing. So I think what I'm doing is I, I'm kind of making up for the loss of the hair that's on my head by, by being a tart with I the beard think, I have, you know, I'll be putting wax in the tash and, you know, it looks, it looks tremendous. I got to say, thank, thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. I've got, I've, I've never. I've grown it a bit longer than mine now, but it gets to that point where it starts getting straggly and I'm like, nah. Yeah, no, I, I, get, get it all off. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. And I toy with that idea myself, like probably every every two to three months, I'll say to my wife, so, oh, thinking about trimming my beard. And she says, no. And I go, okay. <laughs> I, it's, exa it's exactly the same thing I get. I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed to shave it off completely. No, no, I, no. I, I can all. go, I can trim it down to a particular number on my beard trimmer as the minimum. I can't go lower than that. No, no, I've, you've got to, you've got to well, this <laughs> is it. And, and, for, and especially for, for somebody like myself with the way that, you know, the way that my, my, my face is constructed, my head is constructed. If I, if I took, I'd have no definition in, okay. in my face. I'd just, I'd look like an egg, you know? <laughs> uh, so it's nice to have something to kind of like break everything up. And I, I, I've had a full beard since 2003 I, I i stopped shaving when i went on holiday with uh with an old flatmate of mine we went to america we did a bit of a road trip nice out in the states yeah we drove from uh <clears throat> from new jersey where we were staying uh we drove all all the way up through new york new york state and into into canada into ontario uh went up to toronto then up to montreal it was amazing um, and we both sort of set ourselves uh, like a should we should we not shave for the duration the duration of our holiday? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's see how that goes. That was the last time I shaved. Wow. Two thousand three. Yeah, there you go. 
Amazing. Amazing. Tw- Amazing. 20 years and 20 years ago. Literally 20 years ago. Good God. I've had a beard for 20 years. Mentally. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, well, well, congrats, Amy. It's, it's very, very nice. <laughs> what a brilliant question. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, yeah, so cheers, David, for that. That's great. Hope Thank we, you, um, David. Thank they're, you, they're David. Very, very nice answers. So yes. we're coming to the end now. I've got a quick fire yes, round that I can blast out to you, just Go. so people get to know you a bit better. I yep. might have to edit some of them because you're not it's a drummer. Not no, you're, it's not. It's okay. You're, you're, a, okay. you're a musician, so some of them are still very relatable. Yes. Okay, go. Favourite food? Favourite food? Cheese. Interesting. I think, and, well, yeah, okay. As a food group, cheese. Okay. <laughs> uh, Favourite movie? Oh, okay. Alien, the original oh, one. The awesome. first one. Um, I know the answer to this. Guitar or bass? It's going to be guitar, right? It is. Okay. You don't play drums, so I'll skip that one. Um, yeah. John Bonham or Neil Peart? Neil Peart. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. No, dis- no disrespect to John Bonham. No. At all. I, but... I try not to disrespect anyone, but it's, no. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good question because they're both like, a, the, you know, the most legendary inspirational drummers ever, Abs- but they're very absolutely. different. So. Oh, totally, totally different styles. I mean, I know, even though, you know, uh, you know Neil Peart was, was heavily influenced by John Bonham, but 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 Neil Peart made made it his own. Yeah. It's in, uh, you know, I I just I'll try and be very brief here. It's um when you when you track Neil Peart's sort of career, uh, <clears throat> well not track his career as such, but there's such a marked difference between his style of playing from say because he because he only joined Rush on on their set for their on their second album. Right. First album was was a different drummer, so he joined John on the second album. Uh, he he's he's a really busy drummer on the like the, on the first album that he's on quite you know sort of all like frenetic you know hmm. but fast forward to a couple of years after that he, he's progressed so much within those those two years he's more fluid you know he plays he's not he's not kind of like, <clears throat> he's like and it's such a transition in such a short space of time yeah um, yeah yeah. It is, yeah. It, I, I've mentioned it before. It's he's still one of those drummers where I've heard a lot of Rush stuff, but I haven't delved into all of it, and I, I don't know the, the the kind of order that it came out. So right. I, I like I like listening to things in context. Though yes. not right. So when, when right, this came out before this one, and yeah. around then these bands were big because yeah. you can you can kind of sometimes hear where the influence came from, or or just just generally how this music. You know how because because i was born in 86 well all of these amazing classic bands most yes. of the best material i guess yeah. is often referred to as being you know 70s 80s stuff so i have to kind of retrospectively listen to it yes based on, based on what i i'm a, i think was around at the time it's, it's kind of different to listening to it yeah. in today where you've got everything that's come since mm-hmm. it's, it's, no, no, no i get it no i'll tell no, you, you know what i mean yeah. But yeah, I do. I do need to listen to a few more Rush albums, and I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll gladly send you some recommendations. Yeah, um, please do. Absolutely, yes, because yeah. it, it's, um, it's an act of three parts in my, in well, four parts in my. Uh, okay, in my perspective, but um, so, send me yeah. the the best. Well, not the best. In your opinion, your favorite mm-hmm. albums of each part. 
Okay, yeah, I will. Give, give me a little kind of I, idea. I then. shall indeed. I shall indeed. Thank you. Thank great, you. Great idea. Brilliant. Okay. Um, big or small venue? Oh, small venue. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Beatles. Correct answer. But no, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing against the Stones. Nothing against the Stones, but the Beatles are better. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on! I mean, look at again. Look, look at how they 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 would sit. Uh, okay, for, forgetting the Hamburg years, I know they were sort of together since the late fifties, and but when they broke, what was that? Nineteen sixty-two. So you take, like that. You, you take the material they were doing in sixty-two, like you know, ooh, I wanna, you know, that kind of, fantastic. In a short space of time, you know, they're doing. You know, like three, three, four years later, Rubber Soul, yeah, um, incredible, uh, um, Sergeant Pepper's, you know, you name it, White Album, and you think, my God, that it's they're a different band. Yeah, how is and it the same people? How, how are the same people doing this such amazing music, but they sound pretty like a like a completely different band. Yeah, I mean, you either love them or you hate them or, or, or are relatively indifferent to them. But I think, you know, the, the Beatles were probably the, the most important, you know, rock band ever. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, mm. again, from a, I'm looking retrospectively, as I guess you are. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, you're not that old. <laughs> well, <laughs> 52 next birthday, mate. Okay, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool, pretty mm. cool. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan anyway. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I've never listened to a Rolling Stones album, so maybe I, I ne neither have I. I mean, you know, I, I know oh. all the hits, all the, all, you know, all, all the, and, and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with them. I've been no. to see, I went to see them. I went oh, to wow. see them. I uh, yeah, I this was during my studio days actually. Well, when I was working at Ridge Farm, I, I'd, um, I was working with um, uh, um, a band called the Urban Dance Squad. And their producer was a guy called Phil Niccolo. And he, he had come over from, from the States. And he, he was a studio owner himself. He had his own, his own place out in Philadelphia. So, but he came over to, to, to the UK to, to produce and engineer um, the, this Dutch band called Urban Dance Squad, who, who are fantastic, by the way. I'll send you a link to them as well. They yeah. were... <laughs> oh, God. I could write a book. I know I could write a book with all, <laughs> all these little anecdotes. That you I've literally got. could. Yeah, I really could. Um, they were the blueprint for um, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they were doing rap rock a good three or four years before Rage Against the Machine were. Interesting. And Rage Against the Machine themselves would say, yeah, Urban Dance Squad were a major influence. Anyway. Did an album with them. Phil Niccolo, the producer, engineer, came over to the UK. Um, me and him got on like a house on fire, like really hit it off. And and uh, and and he invited me out to his place out in Philadelphia. So come on over, you know, book some holiday. Come on over, come and see the studio, hang out with us, which I did. Um, uh, that was, a, was an amazing, amazing holiday. I mean, I wouldn't dream of doing anything like that now. I mean, I was fearless in my twenties, absolutely fearless. I wouldn't think twice about, oh yeah, I'll get on a plane and by myself and I'll go to a place I've never been to before. You know, if I, I couldn't do that now, I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I went out there, 
But I went to see, he, he got tickets to see the Stones at the stadium in Philadelphia. Wow. And they they were brilliant. I mean, live, yeah. amazing. They, were, they are amazing. Even back then, it was like 94, I think I went to see them. So, you know, they would have been, what, in their 40s by then, early 50s maybe, but they, but really enjoyable. But again, you know, I wouldn't know one Stones album from another. No. Shameful, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this or watching on YouTube, if you love the Stones, and just tell us what albums to listen to. Please do. Uh, yeah. That are as good as any Beatles album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And tell, yeah. Us, tell, us, tell us why. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I, but I'd love to see the Stones, actually, and it's amazing that they still... <clears throat> the fact that they're still touring is incredible. They're still going. I can't believe it. Um, it's mean? amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. So uh, I would like to see them, despite not knowing many songs, but, you know, there's lots, there's lots of massive bands I've never listened to any of their albums, so I need to change that. Too busy, pod, <laughs> too busy podcasting, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then and touring and... yeah. And and yeah and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have time to listen to music. No, neither, um, do, neither do I. I'm always <laughs> bloody. I'm either working, eating, or sleeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I don't, I don't have time for such things. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. This is becoming a long, quick fire round. Sorry. Um, Sorry, mate. Favorite time signature. Oh, oh, bloody hell! I'm not a drummer. Uh, okay, I'm just going to say four four. Okay, I, I, because I don't understand anything else. Okay, fair enough. I thought <laughs> I thought because you you said you were into prog, you might be a bit more partial yeah. to one of the other ones. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm not fair enough. I, I can't, yes, I I can't I can't read music. I don't understand notation. Okay, I, I'm I'm all by ear. Cool. But, yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, favorite rhythm section: so bassist and drummer. Oh well, I'm, I'm going to say Geddy Lee and Neil Peart, aren't I? Yeah. However, however, I mean, they're, oh, I mean, let's just, oh, I'm going to, this is Nick, Nick Seymour and Paul Hester. Great. Crowded, crowded ah, House. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, oh, just amazing. I mean, yeah, underrated, I'd yeah. say. I would uh, say, yeah, I was especially say. especially Nick Seymour as a, ba yeah. a ba as a bass player, it's like oh, phenomenal. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with the names, so um, I know the band obviously, but yeah, obviously, again, yeah. few Absolutely. tracks. Yeah, I well, I tell you what, um, really, all you all, all you need to know about Crowded House is their first four albums. I'm not okay. I'm not poo pooing anything else they've done after then, but the first album. Um, so yeah, Crowded House, Temple of Low Men is the second album, which is my favourite. Okay. Then you got Woodface, which is the one that kind of broke them with Weather with You on it and <clears throat> that kind of thing. And um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and then the fourth album, uh, Together Alone. They're they're amazing, amazing. Mm. Cool. Just... Check. I'll check those albums out. Um, yes. The next question is actually name an underrated band. Name an underrated band. King's X. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. F favorite album of all time? <gasps> oh, favorite album of all time. It's really okay. Queen, A Night at the Opera. Nice. Okay, yeah, that's very, very good. 
Um, favorite drummer of all time, Neil Peart? Or oh, I was I will say Neil Peart, yes, because because he is my favorite drummer of all time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you did go. he? Did he? Was he? Was he a Remo artist when he was? He alive? was. He was oh. indeed. Yes. Um, in fact, um, <clears throat> I was very very fortunate enough to to be able to blag some um, uh, some guest passes uh, at their last tour of the UK. Wow! So this would have been the, the O2 uh down in london yeah I'm, I, i'll tell you what i'm not i'm not shying coming forward when it comes to stuff like this i'm quite cheeky and i've like i've i've managed to blag some some pretty decent gigs um obviously i didn't get to meet any of the band and, and to be honest with you i didn't want to because i think I don't know, but it's about meeting your heroes can kind of shatter your illusions. The thing yeah. is, Neil never did any kind of press or any kind of meet and greets. He was a very, very private person. He'd always be out out of the stocks and yeah. on, onto the tour bus and gone by the time, you know, five minutes after the gig had finished. Um, but I did manage to get into the green room afterwards, uh, um, which I felt incredibly uncomfortable being in. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just a bit out of my depth. Um, big, big, um, but I did get to to get to see their manager, who again is he's quite legendary anyway. You know, within within the kind of rush camp, Ray Daniels is you know a, a known name. Um, but what what made me laugh actually while I was there? <clears throat> so so I, I was I was seated in the I say VIP section of the the O2. It's where you know any anybody who got a VIP pass would be sat so i was sitting yeah. there enjoying the show and i just sort of look at just looking around looking over my shoulder to see who's there and two rows behind me was uh was nigel glockler from oh. uh from saxon yeah yeah and, and, all right nigel i feel you're right and i, I just <laughs> thought i just i thought to myself wow i've got i've got better seats than nigel from saxon <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought to myself. I, bet he, I bet he was furious Oh well, uh, yeah. he's, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. He's, right? he's lovely. Yeah, I've, I've only I, I only met him once. Well, no, twice. That obviously that time at the uh, the rush rush. Game. Yeah. Um, but no, I met him at one of the drum shows uh, cool. some years ago, and uh, and when he introduced himself to me, he said, "Yeah, oh, yeah I'm Nigel Glockler from Saxon." I'm like, <laughs> because, because you know, I was. Yeah. I'm, that's I'm what you were into I'm, I'm 12 13 years old again you know mm. I'm, I'm listening to you know denim and leather and and, and crusader and 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 so into it. I'm like, oh my god lovely guy really, yeah yeah really sweet guy yeah it just made me think about uncomfortable green rooms yes. you've, ne you've never been in in an uncomfortable green room until you've been in ramstein's green room <laughs> And I'll let you just, I'm not going to give you any details. Okay. I'll let you think, think about that. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not wholly <laughs> familiar with, with Ramstein as such. However, okay. I, I, I do know okay. who, who they are and what, what their shows are like and, and mm. just how unique they are. Okay. Debauched. Okay. Quite debauched. I'm not going to say anything. All right. Okay. Don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, is it, is it the midget trays of trays of drugs <laughs> on their heads? <laughs> not, not, not quite as bad as that, but um, yeah. But anyway, it just made me think. Of, it just, it just 
brought back a memory of when I felt really un- uncomfortable. But um, no, that's amazing. Um, right. So to end this podcast, um, yes, sir. first of all, thank you very much. Um, oh, thank you. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. And I, 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 I mean, b- b- before we say adieu, you know, I I was genuinely um, flattered when you asked me to do this because oh. I thought I thought to myself. Don't be silly. I'm just some. I'm just some dude who sits behind a computer, and 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 talks to drummers, and 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 you know, I'm, you know, I'm 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 not significant within within this industry. You know, I just I, I get up, I do a job, and I enjoy what I do. Uh, so so when you ask me if I'd be interested in doing it, the spirit, you know, especially seeing the alumni that you've already had on your show, I was like, wow. Hmm. What, well, what, what am I going to talk about? I've got nothing to say. I'm not a very interesting person. Well, you are because we've just done almost two hours. <laughs> two hours. And two it's hours. Been, it's been great. Waffle. It's yeah, been nice. It's been... No, but but like you've just you've just underestimated yourself there because Thank you've you, literally man. just told me about all the albums you've worked on. Yeah. Well, like you know, some of the artists you've dealt with, some of the guys you've met, how yeah. the industry works. A lot of people don't know how that side of the industry works and it's very yeah, important. Yeah. Of course, so I, yeah. That's, no, that's uh, understandable. Yeah, completely so I, understandable. And I, I think that's why, I, you know, obviously I had Martin Potts on last year, yes. who you know. I do um, know Martin very well, bless yeah, him. Lo- yeah, lovely man. Lovely, lovely man. Lovely man. Um, so I just think, yeah, I'm going to, you know, try and get some of the, you know, A&R guys, industry yeah, people so that I do know. Idea. Yeah, I, great um, idea. Just to, to, you know, change it up a bit. They're not all just, you know, not all, every guest has to be a live, no, boring drummer. Um, <laughs> Nothing boring about drummers at all, mate. No. <laughs> I think they're some of the most interesting people I've ever oh, met. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Rather, I'd rather talk to a drummer than a guitar player, that's for sure. So would I. No offence. <laughs> 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 no, anyway, to, to end this now, um, yes, the, the, the final question, which everyone has to ask, I have to amend yours a bit because you, you're not a drummer. Okay. But if, you, if you could um, create your own dream band, yes. with, so with yourself on guitar. Oh, okay. Who, anyone dead or alive, who would you have playing the other instruments? Who would I, who would I have playing? Who would I, who would I love to play with? Uh, yes. Okay. That's a great, great question. Oh, my God. You can kind of have any instrumentation you like. All right. So don't, All right. There are All no right. limits. Okay. Me on guitar. Singer, vocalist. <sighs> Shit. George Michael. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Okay. George Michael on vocals. Um, on drums. Who would I like to have on drums? Uh Jesus, not Jesus, obviously. <laughs> um, wow, God, this is tough. Well, you wouldn't have Neil Peart then. Couldn't have Neil. No, I wouldn't have Neil. No, no, I'd be too intimidated by that. That's this, understandable. Uh, somebody who, somebody who I, I could relate to, and who I could talk to. Let's think about this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <sighs> Ash Sohn. Oh drums. wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, am- oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's inc- yeah. yeah, great guy, great drummer. Ah. Just on it. If Ash Sohn on drums. Who? Yeah. One one if- favor then. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yeah. you must know him. him. Ask, do, him yeah. ask him kindly if you would ever come on the show. I did email him once. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't get a reply, but I've, I didn't. Ex- I, I didn't expect a reply. I, I was actually meant to see him last week because um, he's on tour with Tori Amos at the moment. Ah, so now is a bad uh, time. Uh, he's he's he, well, he's just about to go. He's just about to go out to Europe for the next maybe couple of months. I think. Wow. But yeah. no, listen, listen, Dana. I'll be more than happy to to drop him a line. Yeah, um, really yeah, I d- I d- yeah. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, I didn't, uh, I didn't get around to getting to see him because I, because of something happened. And uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I know. I, I, here's another thing. I've I've never actually met him. Oh, I've okay. only, only ever had a relationship with him on the phone and by email and stuff. But the times that we've spoken, ah. you know, we, we talk, well, 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 it's like we've known each other for a long time, you know. So, yeah. so I've, uh, I, have, I have a good relationship with him. Uh, but, he, but he's a phenomenal drummer anyway. So he is, yeah. Drums. Bass player. Bass, 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 bass. Uh, okay. I'm going to say Nick Seymour. Nick okay. Seymour from Crowded House. Uh, and who else? Keep say keyboards. Throw that into the mix. Oh, he's a great keyboard player. Rick Wakeman. <laughs> yeah, he's everyone's favourite keyboard player. He is. Pretty I know. Much. It's because nobody <laughs> name a keyboard player. Um... <laughs> I don't know that. The only one like key, like to be honest, keyboard is one of those instruments where even though I couldn't play one to save my life, it's not, it's not something I'm that interested in. Like obviously the, the only other big like rock one I think of is John John Lord. John Lord, yes, but you know, rocking the Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. But um, I, I don't listen to that much music with keyboards in. I, not intentionally anyway. No, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By accident. <laughs> I listen to a, to an album with keyboards on it by accident. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Nothing, I, I, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, I might, it might be my generation. It was, I just don't think it was ever been cool. The, since saying that, my old, old, old band, we had a synth player, and it, that okay. was cool at the time. Yeah, one yeah. Of those micro Korg things, mm. but that lasted a couple of years, and then um, it, it kind of wasn't cool anymore. No, well, I, I tell you what, mate. I mean, uh, in in recent years, I've been whether it's got to do with nostalgia, I don't know what it is, but I've been getting quite quite heavily into sort of like, you know, 80s synth music. Um, nice. And the thing is that growing up in the 80s, I never listened to that sort of stuff. You know, I was, I was more into, you know, I was listening to heavy metal and rock and that kind of thing. So it's not until my sort of, my later, year, my later years, I've, I've really appreciated how, how great it is. How great synth music actually is! It just sounds atmospheric, and I just love it. Just love it. Yeah, I think I think Stranger Things has a lot to do with that as well. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> you hearing it? You hear those kind of sounds now on all sorts mm. of other things and adverts and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely influenced influenced heavily. Yeah, massively. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Again, you know, I, I think I think it's coming from a. Uh, from a perspective of, of nostalgia more than anything else, you know, how, yeah. the, how great the 80s were. Well, they weren't really, you know, we were on the verge of nuclear war half the time. <laughs> Inflation was through the roof, yeah. you know, but growing up, you didn't really kind of notice it, you know, it was, uh, but looking back, it's, it was, a, in, yeah, it was a very uh, highly influential decade, I think. Yeah, I think, for, I think, I think so. it was probably, 
probably one of the most important decades for music there ever has been. Uh, I'd say the 60s and the 80s were. That's interesting. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Just in terms of um, <clears throat> it's, it's diversity, I think, you know. Okay. You know, so the early 80s, you, know, you were just coming out of, of punk and it was all a bit spiky and new wave. And, and by 83, it was, you know, production values on, on stuff was just phenomenal. You know, it was, it was such a, <clears throat> a stark contrast between listening to an album that was produced in 1980 and then three years later, you're listening to, to something that was recorded wholly on a Fairlight you know, a computer, and it was just, you know, it's unsurpassed, I think. Okay. I yeah. think it's, it's, like, I don't, I was born in 86, so I don't really have yeah. any memories of it, really. No, no. It was a bit of family but, life, but, like, in terms of, yeah. I wasn't old enough to kind of know what was going on. But um, the when I look back, apart from rock music, yeah, I, 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 like, I looking back, I'm not fond of much of the other stuff I've being exposed to and I, I think it's maybe because I didn't live it maybe yeah. if I'd lived it I'd yeah. have that nostalgia yeah. kind of special place in my heart for it but um yeah probably I mean so you're born in 86 so what you, you're 20 how old are you now 30, 36 you're 36 mate okay all right so so when did you start getting into music when you're about I, I, was, I suppose you'd, be, you'd yeah. always been exposed to it anyway yeah but it was from, all more rock like it was the rock kind of and the metal stuff, I guess. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. And then, you know, I was like, I like in the early nineties, like we, like for some reason, I mentioned this on another podcast that like me and my brothers were listening to like Steve Vai and Satriani and, and yeah, instrumental yeah. guitar music. Yes, 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 yes. And then my, my, all my friends in school were listening to the Spice Girls and Poison <laughs> and things. And it was so bizarre because yeah. I like, we were just like freaks really listening to all this. I, yeah. I, I was in your, I want to say year five or year six, and it was like a okay. talent contest. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, people did all these dances and stupid stuff. And I, I and I, I mimed with a strat. I had a, I had a Hona Stratocaster. That Excellent. Was my, that was my guitar, and Fantastic. I mimed along to "Big Bad Moon" by Joe Satriani <laughs> with a harmonica solo. <laughs> but I mimed to it. I didn't play it, but that was oh, that was fantastic. that was my talent. But I was like, like how many other kids that age were doing that? Yeah, probably very <laughs> at that time. Yeah. At that at that, that time, at that it's probably time. more more common yeah. now. Probably saying yes. that you're going to have eight year olds playing that song and yeah. better than Satriani probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe without, not quite. Without, well, <laughs> near, <laughs> close enough. Close yeah. enough. Yeah, yes. but um, yeah. That, that, so like, it's weird. So I, 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 we were in our own little bubble. I think mm -hmm. of 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 we weren't really doing things what other people were doing. <laughs> thinking outside the box yeah yes but, but um cool. yeah um this has been fantastic mate um I, thank you Dave. i have to put an end on it at some point so of, gonna... of course of course <laughs> no you know <laughs> i'm sure you're gonna go go back and edit this but uh or maybe you won't yeah. no i don't think so <laughs> I, right. um um i only tend to edit it edit things out if someone well if there's a technical issue yeah sometimes you know it's just like not pleasurable to the listener then um or if someone asks me to, because sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, I did say that about that. Can you take that out? Oh, right. Okay. Um, I've had the occasional requests for people to say, I, I kind of wish I didn't say that about this. Yeah. Well, so I'm like, fair enough. Up to you. Yeah. More work for well, me. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a great last couple of hours. I've really, really yeah. loved talking to you, Dane. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and uh, oh, no problem. And I and I and I hope uh, hope people enjoy it and get a yeah. get a sort of better understanding of uh, of what I do and uh, and where and where I've come from. I'm sure they have, and um, yeah. obviously they'll be more aware of the brands you've mentioned. And yes, feel free to try them. Um, of course, absolutely. The great great thing about being a drummer is that you can kind of. Even though I said I'm OCD and I don't like doing it, you can mix and match anything you want. You can, a, yeah. There, there are no, there are no rules. That's, yes, there are never any rules, and, and that's what I always say. There are no yeah. rules in drumming. So, no, no, if you want, exactly. if you want to try a stag crash cymbal just to see what it's like, stick it in with the rest of your cymbals. You might like yeah. it. Yeah, you or, never know. Absolutely. Or, or Remo floor tom head. Yeah. Why exactly. Not? Why not? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. but, um, no, that's awesome. Um, I'll let you go. Um, All right, mate. Nice. Thank one. you. Thanks again. You are um, so welcome. Thank you. We'll hopefully, um, you know, meet in person at some point. Like I said, I don't think I can make the drum show. If I can, okay. I'll hit you up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do because I do like going to those kind of things. Um, Great. And yeah, thanks for listening, well, everybody. As well, thank you, everybody, for listening to me waffle on for the past two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> of utter garbage run for the song podcast thanks for listening to this episode of drum for the song podcast if you've enjoyed this please consider liking the video and subscribing if you're watching on youtube or subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts if you could leave me a review or comment that would be fantastic too, as it helps other people discover this show. Please also consider sharing this with any family members or friends who might enjoy the content. You can also follow me on social media at Dane underscore drums or at Drum for the Song, or search for Drum for the Song on Facebook to follow the page and join the official Facebook group. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could purchase some merchandise from drumforthesong.com or consider supporting me via Patreon from just £3 per month for additional exclusive content like bonus episodes, video calls with myself, competitions, discounts and much more. Any additional support is always greatly appreciated but I would like to give extra special thanks to my top tier Groove Master patrons whose names are listed in the description below. My name is Dane Campbell and thanks so much for watching or listening this far. If you're a drummer, don't forget to drum for the song.